Bueller. 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 where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off one minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we managed to get Neil back one more time. Welcome back, Neil. Uh, thank you. It's great to be here. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We get a great uh, uh, Rooney and um, Grace minute this minute. Oh, yeah. yes. To close out our week. To close out our week with uh, with this this comedic duo here. <laughs> oh, the two of them are so good. She, uh, Edie McClurg, who plays Grace, is like an improviser. And so there's a lot of uh, a lot of moments. I think especially like the looks between the two of them. And then we'll mm. talk about it as we see them scrambling in like a later week uh, around the office. It's it's her kind of <laughs> playing with him a bit, which is, which is fun. Um, when she was cast uh this line that she's going to deliver at the end of the week the line about uh everyone thinking that he's he's a righteous dude Mm. Um, dude. the righteous dude piece is not actually in the script like she added that herself because she had a family who were from like this midwestern region and so she she could pull off the accent and she just decided like i think it'd be funny to hear hear that this kind of thing said in this accent and so she just added it and Hughes loved it and they were like yeah let's bring her in <laughs> let's do it mm-hmm. Fantastic. and then of course like she did a lot of her own a lot of the stuff uh that she brings to her character was like a lot of it was brought in by her so like the hairstyle like she did her own hair because she thought that that uh grace would have been the kind of person that that felt like she was in her prime in the 60s and so she's got this big 60s hairdo that she never <laughs> got rid of this big bubble hairdo and um we we talked a bit about it last week with the pencil gag, but uh, she mm. came in with with her with her hairdo, and John Hughes was just like, "How many pencils do you think you can hide in there?" And so they like were pl- <laughs> they were just like playful. Uh, a lot of the stuff that they shot was just like them kind of having fun with each other because the script in these particular sequences are, are kind of slow. Even her sniffing glue earlier, it just says uh, the secretary is is. Uh, is doing work at her desk. Oh right, <laughs> which, which she's not doing. <laughs> she's definitely not doing work. <laughs> definitely not doing work. Uh, so so today we're talking about minute number fifteen. Uh, fifteen. It starts with a printout of Ferris's record, and it ends with the uh, with the first half of Rooney's mission statement. <laughs> I like how you're going a bit cryptic with some of these, Gary. It's very George. It's very you know. I, 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 I would I would be lying if I say it didn't. If he didn't inspire <laughs> me a little bit, Matt. Just don't tell him that. I, yeah, I don't know. We'll sure. see. If, we'll see if he listens or not. Oh, there you go. <laughs> test. We're, we'll test him. Testing. We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I really like the exchange that happens between the two of of them here between uh between Rooney and and Grace. Um, he's printed out a copy of. It looks like he's like printed a physical copy of Ferris's record. Um instead of focusing on what's on the computer as if like, where's this discrepancy? How did the, how did it change? And he, he tells grace, I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him. And, and her response is, well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't throw anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so, like the look he gives her afterwards is like my, one of my favorite looks 
that he gives her. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I know. He's like, he, really? His head, it's like a really slow head turn. Like, did you just say that? <laughs> you know I was being facetious. Right? It's like, yeah, like I'm physically going to throw him, Grace. <laughs> Come on now. And she's like, well, it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, and then he goes on. What is what is so dangerous about a character like Ferris? Be- Actually, I like this line. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller? Not like a student like Ferris Bueller. Oh, Ferris not Bueller. Not like, yeah, not <laughs> what is so dangerous about Ferris Bueller. But like, what is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller? Because mm. he, Ferris sort of represents like an archetype. He is more than just like a single this student but he like seems to represent this idea that other students are going to follow yeah, right he's Which Ed I, Rooney's I don't nemesis, think he's 100 percent he? wrong the, the biggest threat to ed rooney's kind of uh job and written role at school Definitely. is ferris bueller yeah and uh, and he says he says that what's so dangerous is that he gives good kids bad ideas <laughs> and then grace Which is just is like probably true uh-huh yeah, which is definitely probably true. And I'm like, I don't think he's wrong in saying no, that at all. But but her, but her response like, uh-huh. is, is like, like she's like, sure, Ed. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's high off of, she's high off of white out fumes. <laughs> white out. She don't know. No. <laughs> the last thing I need at this point in my career is 1,500 Ferris Bueller disciples running around these halls. No, that is the last thing he needs for, for his job. Like, oh my <laughs> Could God. Could you imagine? Oh, no. Just all I'd of quit. Shimmer High. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Like, I need to go to a different school. <laughs> like, get me out of here. Yeah, but it's interesting because he doesn't need to be worried, I don't think. Because Ferris is so exceptional that the kids, the rest of the kids can't do what he does. No. Even if they try. No, they all look up to him to, and idolize him. Do he doesn't want Ferris, the, the kid didn't want Ferris to die because he can't some, handle summer school. It's not like, that he could get out of, he yeah. couldn't do what Ferris is doing. Ferris is going to get him out. Yeah. Like, so even I the, can't get the bad out. ideas that Ferris kind of exudes and gives off, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. really. But I mean, if you're Ed Rooney, of course it matters. Yeah, it, it's the, the most important thing to him, and yeah. and it's it's kind of a silly it's kind of a silly thing because it could just end right here. He could just be like, okay, I have 15 other students I need to worry about. Ferris is homesick. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just gonna go ahead and and let my day go on because Ferris is just gonna. Go have his day. But the frustrating thing for him is that he knows Ferris isn't sick. And so he wants to prove that he's not sick. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like that whole principle of the thing. Like, no. Yeah. Like, it becomes personal, right? It's, it, it, become, it becomes, yeah, it becomes a like a personal vendetta at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's that, like, well, that's because no. he, he says, like, he jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern the student body. <laughs> like, he's definitely taking it personally. Well, yeah. it makes him look like an ass is what he does. <laughs> yeah. It makes him look like an ass is what it does. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. I think you're wrong. <laughs> That's a great comeback, too. Mm-hmm. No, I just love their relationship. I mean, she's just, <laughs> so she's just hanging out here in his office while he's kind of doing a bit of work. And uh, they're just really comfortable with each other. You know, my mind yeah. They must have worked together, together for, a long, for a long time. Yes. Yeah. She probably just Definitely. takes care of him a little bit, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's They're just really happy and comfortable with each other. Um, not necessarily with other people, but it, it's interesting. Grace's character, I mean, I requested Grace minutes, right? And, yes. And so here, <laughs> here I am with, with my favorite character in this entire movie. And, <laughs> Grace And I just great. think she's wonderful. I think she's she just... She is. She's multifaceted. Um, she's not just a, 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 a ditzy lady, right? Because you'll, no. you guys will see, you know, when, when, when she talks to Jeannie later. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love and, it. Uh, and off yeah. she goes yeah. and... She, she gives that great line to herself. Like, what a little <laughs> asshole. 
<laughs> she's, she's clued up and switched on, and she she also doesn't kind of suffer fools too well, right? And she doesn't no. take any of Genie's crap. Um, I think I think she also doesn't take Rooney's crap, and I think that's kind of like mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. and I think he, what's he, good he for he their needs, relationship. Yeah, he needs someone who's gonna like listen to him and show some respect for him, but not like. She, but she's not her, insubordinate. She'll yes. still do what he says, but she's but she'll yeah. tell him at the same mm-hmm. time, like, eh, you're yeah. gonna look like an ass for doing this, but whatever. And so yeah, so <laughs> so like he I think he kinda needs that like a little bit of restraint. But then like I think he probably also must have some sort of um I imagine that all the students love Grace. She seems like the kind of like Except for Jeannie. Yeah, except for Jeannie. <laughs> because <laughs> Jeannie and Rooney both have a lot of growing to do in this movie. Oh, and, yeah. And, and both of them are both of them are the antagonist character to Ferris. So um, they're kind of full of themselves for different reasons. And they sort of have these these insecurities. And their goal is to, like, catch Ferris. And uh, I don't know. She definitely gives Grace attitude. And Grace isn't going to take it. Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I imagine that a lot of the students really like Grace. She seems like the kind of person that, like... You know, I would much rather if I had to go to the office for something, talk to her than to Rooney. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. No, uh-huh. for sure. And and I, I bet you that Rooney Rooney probably I don't say he's probably he's probably like envious of that, right? Like he because he doesn't have a good relationship with the students. I don't think that mm. anyone takes him seriously and he wants respect. Like that's his mm-hmm. he wants to be taken seriously. He wants to to run the student body in a in an effective way. And, yeah, absolutely. And so he's gonna he's gonna go the full mile to make sure Ferris is put in his place yeah can we can we talk about his office setup yes uh i only have one particular note uh that i wanted to say about like what's in his office okay on um on the table behind him there's a family photo there is i don't is that his family it looks like it doesn't look like he's in the picture though it could be just of but is there an adult man in Maybe I can see three, like it, what I would assume three I, women, because they all it have looks long like hair. three women and a young boy. Yes, so it could be mm-hmm. his wife, two daughters, and son, and he's taking the picture, or it's just you know it's a picture of his family we to have at his desk. Need to keep an eye out. Does Rooney have a wedding ring? Um, didn't someone point out that he has a wedding ring? I guess mm-hmm. Tim or someone I've else noticed. pointed out. Maybe he might have mentioned it last week. I'll have to that there was a wedding ring on his finger. So, so I, maybe yeah. it is his family. I think this is a family. I think it's it's either wife and two daughters or it's three daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have a wedding ring on though. You can see oh, it. I when see he's it. Like, I saw the glint in the paper of the gold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's oh. probably a wife, two daughters, and a son. And then I think the middle one, the black and white one, is maybe him as a young boy and his dad. And then and then the third one, I don't think you can see. I think. The, the glass on the in the frame is reflecting some some light from somewhere else so I don't think we can see what's in that picture or not certainly not the, the shot I'm looking at the start of the minute mm-hmm. so yeah some nice family shots and then he's got a, a kind of a, a picture of some people stuck on the wall which is just a like a printed out picture like tacked to yeah, the it wall looks like a looks like a work thing like maybe he's yeah. like a, a little work kind of group photo. But what oh, I, I like see. about his, his setup is... You know, that looks like a group photo as if um, 
if you were in the military or if you were oh, like, in your uh, platoon. Yeah, like like Ricky has a picture from when he was in the Navy and it's just like, or when you were in ROTC when you are in high school and yeah. you take that group shot. Yeah. It looks like a group shot where he's probably like that in thing? that picture. Maybe he was a part of something. Maybe he did serve. Maybe he was, um, yeah, maybe he was a part of something. I, I can't imagine Rudy being a military guy. Um, I can. The, I can. the mustache, the, the mustache and uh, the time, the era. Um, yeah, it's like, believable you know, he could have been in the military. Hmm. We'll have to keep it. I'll have to think about it as we go on. Because, like, mm. my stepdad's Navy and I've known a lot of... Well, I guess it's also differences in era. But, like, a lot of the people that I know that are, like, military people, they, they carry themselves with a very... um. Depends. It also depends on what branch you're from. That's true. Like, I've known people who are in the Army and the Navy and the Marines. And to me, you could talk to a guy who used to be a former Marine. And you knew he was a former Marine. But at the same time, talk to someone who's, like, former Army and uh, couldn't even tell that hmm. they were ever in the military. So, I don't know. There, I think I, he was, it just depends. I think he could have been, like, in logistics. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. There you go. I don't yeah. think he was holding a gun. I, I think he doesn't was necessarily like mean he has to be a, 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 a an infantryman. Okay. He could have, like, uh, been... A, if he was in the Navy, he could have been a radioman or... Something that didn't have to do with fighting. I don't know. Yeah, and then went into, you know, his career in in another kind of disciplinary role, right? He's a disciplinarian. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, That makes Mm -hmm. sense to me. Okay. Now, I like how his desk is, like, well, I find it interesting how his computer is is not the main thing on his desk, right? That's off to the side. So that's... Not something he uses all the time. It's just something he kind of dabbles with every now and again. But, you know, the way he faces on his desk is forward, and so he's doing paperwork. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is back in 86 where that kind of makes sense, right? So Mm -hmm. these days, of course, you wouldn't have any paper, or not as much. But yeah, I like like the shape of his desk because he's in a a rolling chair. He can easily turn to do paperwork, turn turn around to the cabinets behind him, go to the computer Mm -hmm. or whatever. Set up very effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I like his desk. Me too. And I like the brick wall. That's quite unusual, isn't Me it? Me too. I was just office. I was just saying I really like the bricks. The exposed brick. Very unusual. It is. Yeah, especially exposed red brick in Yeah, that's right. In a in a room. <laughs> like in the room, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the room. Yeah. Pretty strange. It's definitely unusual. But it's nice. I like it. He has a calendar back there too. I he notice. does have a calendar. It looks like he's got a schedule next to the calendar. You see, like mm-hmm. a bunch of binders. It looks like a very standard, uh, like a principal, like school person's sure. desk. Sure, so, I, I agree. Where did the chair? Do you think that that uh, Grace pulled her chair in from the other room? Not necessarily. Uh, uh, it could be a chair that's in his office for when he does have meetings with when he has a to have student students coming or. I think so. A parent or whatever. And she just pulled it over to the side of the desk so they can have this little conversation. Yeah. Sure. I like, uh, I like the two of move. them. The two of them yeah. have such a good, they have such a good dynamic. Yeah. We, get, we get a good bit of them in the next couple of weeks. She has a very large filmography. Yes. 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 Uh, Edie McClurg, she's, she's done a ton her, her of Her film stuff. debut was in Carrie. What? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. She's a character oh, wow. in Carrie. I didn't know that. I, I haven't looked her up, actually. I don't think I remember seeing her from anything else. I think I only know her from this movie. She has 208 yeah. credits. Uh, she was she was in a, a few of the Cheech and Chong movies. And, uh, oh, okay. 
actually like a few of the Cheech and Chong movies. She's actually. also done a bunch of voices in like animated stuff. Looks like she's done several John Hughes, like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and She's Having a Baby. She was in both of those. Oh, right. Um, yeah, she did voices. Like she did a voice for like The Little Mermaid and Tiny Toon Avenger, uh, Adventures and Frozen, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, Cars Kiki's. 2. Oh, really? Um, okay. Um, so uh, yeah, she's done the Rugrats stuff. movie, Bugs Life. Uh, what? Like, yeah. I want to know who she is in these things. In Bugs Life, oh, she's the she's Doctor Flora, in in Bugs Life, she's like she has a clipboard. You could tell as as soon as like I saw I read it, I could totally picture who a character it was, and I remember her going up to the uh, to the queen because there's her and there's a couple of other male ants that are in charge of like activities. Oh, uh, and she's the female <gasps> one. It's a female mm. and two male ones. She's um, in. I have weird. I have a weird memory. She, I always she, get that movie confused with ants. <gasps> oh, ants and Bugs Life look totally different. But they, they were both came, kind of came out around the same time. They did come out at the same time. They did. I I can't I can't ants distinguish is, one from the other in my mind. <laughs> ants is the one with Sylvester Stallone and Woody Allen. Oh. Yeah. Oh, right. Lopez, I think. Yeah, the Woody Allen one. That's ants, right? Okay. The Woody Allen so she was one. In the other yes, one. yes. The Bugs Life had a uh, what's his name? Dave Foley, and um. Julia Lewis Dreyfus and Phyllis Dillard. Oh, okay. Hmm. Richard Kind. Funny. My Rolodex just kept going. Like, I just could continue <laughs> naming people who were in it. I'm almost like, I need to stop. No, I I'll, like na- it. I'll name the whole cast. I just rattled it off. Yeah, she's done so much. She's got so many credits on IMDb. It's fantastic. She uh, she began in improv. And so oh, we'll she? see some of that payoff uh, later on in the movie. Right. I think, I, think, uh, I think her line here and then <laughs> and then later when she's um, faking Rooney on the phone. Like, the, right. Whoa. Like, I think those are some of my favorite scenes. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> it's, like so, it's so bad. <laughs> Rooney, okay. I think Rooney, they, calm so down. It, it must have been scripted, the, the, the kind of roll call that she pulls out of, of the different um, demographics. Yeah. The, the all line, like Ferris, right? The line is there, and then the only thing that she ad-libbed was the, they think he's a righteous dude at the very end right, of it. Dude. Right, right. Um, so, so, <laughs> dude. But she's can like, I, well. Can I ask you what, who, who these guys are? So, Sportos. <laughs> Sportos, oh, Sportos are, are, are jocks. jocks. Right. Yeah, yeah, we'd assume they're jocks. Right. Motorheads. Are these, they like the greasers? I think they're like the auto I shop feel, guys. Yeah. No, are greasers. I feel yeah. like maybe greasers, like the auto shop guys, car right. guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And geeks, then, sluts. so these then guys geeks. are being, geeks, obviously, is uh, geeks, straightforward. Obviously. Sluts. sluts are obvious. Sluts, sluts are is, obvious. I didn't realize slut was a demographic in, its, in oh. itself. <laughs> Those are the easy girls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bloods? Uh, what are bloods? It's a gang. It's a gang. Oh, uh, is it? okay. Yeah, in, in, in here in the U.S., like, there's, like, two... Like I guess big really ones. big ones that are called Bloods and Crips. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it just okay. depends on what era or what place uh, uh, where you live, like what coast, right. I believe, sometimes. I'm not really I, sure I think. where the division is. I don't know a I, lot I'm about not sure either. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure either. Um, mm. And they would be in high a, school, a, these, these gangs? You'll, yeah, they, they kind of like adults, high school age... Especially, right. oh my god, especially in the 80s, like, the Bloods and Crips were, like, huge. Like, that was a huge problem, the game oh, really? problem. Yeah, right. yeah. So that's okay. that's what a, what a Blood is, is, a is, a, is, a is game there some, is, is there some way to tell who's a Blood? Like, do they have, like, a motif or? Yes, they wear red. Oh, really? And that's Crips, it? They and Crips wear, wear blue. Red. 
Yeah, and they're very specific. It's like a very specific color red too. Yeah, it's uh, a blood red. You know, uh, that, that's the, the reason why uh, uniforms and, su- and such was implemented, especially in the area that we that I live in. It's uh, very urban, and so to kind of deter uh, gang activity, that's why they just do the uniforms because then no one can get. Right. jumped or uh beat up for wearing the wrong colors mm-hmm. right so yeah right. if you wore red you were a blood if you were blue you were crap uh, okay yeah. interesting yeah 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 uh, okay and then waste i assume are those these, are like... stoners yeah i think the so, druggies the druggies like, people who do drugs yeah yeah I the, white, the white out sniffers the white out sniffers yeah <laughs> grace is a wasteoid She's a wasteoid. She's a wasteoid. <laughs> Charlie Sheen is a wasteoid. Oh, definitely. He's a wasteoid now. What are you talking about? <laughs> that never changed. Dweebies? Dweebies. Now, dweebies. She said geeks, and she says dweebies, and I feel like that's the same thing. I had in my mind, like, these are just, like, sad loser kids. These are, like, yeah. mummy's boys. Just, the you kids know, that are sitting wet, in the lunch fishes. table by Dwee- themselves. Dweebies are the ones that are, like, got the tape in between their glasses uh-huh. and they are in chess club. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. lower than the lower on the totem pole than the geeks. Okay. Yeah. AV club. Yeah. Like, I think okay. so. Whereas the, where okay. geeks are kind of, you know, into sci-fi and, you know, Those Dungeons are the guys who are playing Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. In the, in the, exactly. In the, in the, all right. Exactly. And then dickheads. Again, I didn't realize dickheads was a demographic. I, I didn't, didn't realize either. either. I guess the whole guys are just jerks. Like just those jerks, the, yeah. The bullies. I want to say the those are probably bullies. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. Those the, are probably the, bullies. The, um, Interesting. John Benders. The, the the guys have who have been like uh, go are in detention all the time. Have uh-huh. been held back grade. They're stupid yeah. and they're just bullies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. so it's interesting that you know like we've immediately identified like the names that we know for for these demographics and don't like, necessarily I, use those names but they didn't use them like sportos i don't know that but jocks of course no. i know well yeah. i think i've never heard I of think, sporto um, either part of it is that a lot of the like sort of slang that uh that comes up in the john hughes movies are not exactly the slang that like we would use today but i think mm. that what that does is it gives it a sort of timeless quality so mm. like we can sit and we can appreciate this line and like maybe it is slang that we haven't that we don't necessarily use, but it's identifiable. It's something right. that we can we can attribute our own language to that and know like what we, they're talking we get about. what they're saying without mm-hmm. them without using them, the slang that exactly. we're more familiar with. Which means that like if if the slang terms change, it doesn't matter for this movie because they were just always know. contemporary yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice, it's clever, smart, huh? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So it sort of exists like separate from the. And then, the she, and then she says dude as if it's two O's, D-O-O-D instead of a D-U-D. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yep. I really like righteous her. I kind of, like, there's a... Yep. Dude. They think he's a righteous dude. A righteous dude. Mm-hmm. And Ro- Rooney has another really amazing face. <laughs> All these expressions on his face. They're so great. He's in, he's like, he's, he, he does he's some not great, nearly... Um, he, he does some great eye acting. In this movie. Yes, yes, he does. And, and that's something that we've found in Gremlins, uh, in, in the movie we cover, is there's great eye acting in that yeah. movie. And you... so I want, I want to ask you guys to, to keep an eye on it, if you pardon <laughs> the pun, um, as the movie goes on. And, and there's one fantastic example um, that I'm sure you guys will, will spot straight away when it comes up on, on that particular minute um, of, of, of some great eye acting. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's funny because when you I'll guys talked, and, and listen to that minute, and uh, and maybe you'll give that a mention. 
excited. <laughs> you guys talked when you guys brought up uh, the great eye acting uh, for your movie. You you called us out and told us that we weren't allowed to say Mad Eye Moody because his eye is fake. His eye, <laughs> CGI. His eye is That's fake, great. which is true. Which is true. Mm, it's a no, CGI. No, no, I, I'll grant that. <laughs> when I was in drama, that was the one thing that I was complimented on was my eye acting. Your eye acting. <laughs> my eye acting. Ah, right. <laughs> quite really quite an aficionado of the eye acting. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I make a, I make a lot of expressions. I think. Oh yeah, no. I, I, it's funny I get pointed because, out a lot. Yeah, I have to call you out a lot because you'll like make a really great expression. I'm like, no one can see you. No one can see you, <laughs> but you're, your you're expression an, is amazing. <laughs> you're an exponent of the art. Right now, yeah. <laughs> the eye acting. He he didn't get nearly as as a, as much eye acting from him in Beetlejuice. No. Like mm. in Beetlejuice, like he's so much better in this than Beetlejuice. Like it, he's much it better. Than blows this, my yeah, mind. Oh sure. yeah, yeah. Blows I haven't it, seen it him in much else either. I know he's well, done a lot else, but like I don't think he's doing anything not, anymore. He hasn't done anything in a while. Ever since his thing, his legal troubles, his legal troubles that we don't talk about. <laughs> uh, so I think mm. because of that, I don't think we're gonna really see him in much anyway no uh, but he got cast in this because uh john hughes really liked him in amadeus oh another mm. good movie yeah i haven't seen that in forever oh i don't God. think i've ever seen it i think i've seen it like once years and years ago that cleaned up the oscars in 84 mm. uh which is the the year that uh, gremlins came out and uh gremlins didn't get a look in course not that kind oh. of movie that, that's no no it, it wasn't for oscar contention <laughs> <laughs> not even for visual effects no didn't get no didn't get no. a nod oh should have done for the should have done for the effects i think at least for the yeah at least for the effects like a yeah, nomination jeez yeah oh, well what are you gonna do yeah I don't think this one was up for any Oscar, any any, any awards <laughs> oh. either. You, you mean you mean Matthew Broderick wasn't nominated for like best actor in a in a comedic role? Like, I don't think he. I don't think he was. No, I don't think Matthew Broderick's ever been nominated for an Oscar for anything. No, poor Matthew Broderick. Poor Matthew I think Broderick. I think of those three. I think Alan Ruck is the the best actor in this movie. Of those three, I hmm. I really like Alan Ruck. I do like Alan Ruck. And I do think he does a really fantastic job in this movie. I think, honestly, the 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 biggest thing is that the two of them had been, he and, and, and Matthew Broderick had been working together on stage for, for a while before they started right. filming this movie. So they already had this really great chemistry. And mm. so you do get some, like, really playful, like, wonderful moments as the two of them I think, are yeah, about the, I think you other. need both of them together. If, mm-hmm. you, if it was Ferris, mm. but some other guy and Alan Ruck... It might not have worked as well. Yeah, I think if someone else was Ferris, I don't think it would have. Yeah, I don't think you would have had the same relationship. I don't know if it would work. I think uh, I think he his character. So Cameron for me has more of a range. He he gets more to do than Ferris, which might sound strange when you kind of first hear that. But Ferris, um, I mean, I think Matthew Broderick does a fantastic job. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great in this movie. But Mm -hmm. for me, Cameron goes from doing those kind of. One end of the spectrum would be, you know, the phony phone calls. Yeah. And the over-exaggerated kind of almost kind of cartoon character moments to the real kind of more morose, melancholy stuff. And And that is a bigger spectrum for me than than anything, than than Ferris's spectrum. Yeah, Ferris Mm. doesn't have any arc. He he is, as he has developed at the beginning of the movie, and it's just, this is who we're going to follow the movie. Like, it just, he's he's the same. He's very static. Yeah. Um... 
which works because it means that you you allow other characters to really be the ones that have the arc of the mm. movie. Uh, Tim last week um, had hypothesized, and I think I agree with him that that Cameron really seems to be the main character of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ed um, Rooney has a bigger range of, of, yeah. of stuff going on. I mean, he goes from being yeah. a cartoon character as well in in one extreme, Genie you know, with too. the dog and Genie. the the garden and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. To his to this serious stuff at the desk, you know, so that's quite a big range too. His performance, his look, and and I know I'm I'm gonna say this, and the, the segment of our audience who's who's listening is probably not going to understand my reference, and I don't <laughs> expect Neil to, I don't expect anyone to, but Hit his me. look, his uh, arc uh, of the kind of character that he's playing, and everything reminds me, and reminded Ricky a lot of. Uh, <laughs> Sergeant Stadanko, which is a character from uh, Cheech and Chong. Okay. So when Cheech and Chong was doing <laughs> albums and then made movies, he had a character named Sergeant Stadanko, which looks very much like he does here with the, the kind of dirty blonde hair, the mustache, right. and kind of has that same um, prerogative where he's going to go after these two stoners and just follow them the whole movie. And, like, I don't care what what other stuff I need to do because even though I'm a police officer, I'm just, I, this is all I care about these, are these, these two, are the these two stoners. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's, it's the same kind of thing. Like, he's just so focused on the same thing. And it's, like, an authority figure mm-hmm. who's taking his job, like, to a Too degree far. that it doesn't need to go. Uh, if they ever mm-hmm. made a Cheech and Chong remake i would i would still want uh i think he would make a really good sergeant sedanko even right. now to play that character it'd be really mm-hmm. it would entertain me to, to no end i think yeah i think uh i think he does a really great job with this character and i'm excited to see like how he develops over the course of the movie right and you were right i didn't i did not get that reference <laughs> that's, that's fine uh, i was thinking maybe you you were older maybe you would but at the same time like I don't know if Cheech and Chong is even, is definitely probably not a thing that outside of North American audiences probably. So mm. that's that's fine. It's a uh, Cheech Moran and, and Tommy Chong. It's like a stoner duo from like the seventies. Oh right. Yeah. I still yeah. see yeah. them. They the, occasionally pop up and stuff. That, that oh yeah. They, it... I mean, they still do other stuff, but uh, and they even did a Cheech and Chong tour a couple of years ago. Mm. Oh. Um, when Tommy Chong finally got out of jail or prison oh god yeah yeah he put his face on a bong and and i guess like that broke a law and and he they put him in in prison for it or jail or whatever i don't know it was ridiculous uh but yeah very like a very stereotypical like uh white guy hippie type stoner Uh with a very mexican thick accented stoner right getting into a mischief interesting that's also where uh Paul Rubens got his start. Oh, in Cheech and Chong stuff? In Cheech and Chong stuff. Pee Wee Herman, uh, the character Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Oh. Now that's a character I know. Showed up in Cheech and Chong before anything. Wow. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. And Grace was in Cheech and Chong as well. Bringing it around. So, see, there, there you, you go. go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I went full circle on you guys. You, you did. Full circle right. factoid. Full circle factoid. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Trademarked. <laughs> oh, that's no Neil. Neil already has been doing the full circle factoids over on Mogwai. Oh, I like how you trademarked the worst. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it because <laughs> Gary's the worst. Oh, all right. This is a fun week. I had it a great was. time. No, thanks for having me on. I d- I just wanted to to give you one more thought before I yes. before I go. Oh. Hit us with it. And it's really just what I think this movie is about 
And I think it's about how... I think it can be about a, a number of different things, okay, depending on your perspective. But mm-hmm. for me, I think this is about how friendships change. And not necessarily during the course of the movie, but as you transition kind of from childhood into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we'll, you'll, you guys will get there, but Ferris, later on in the movie, and, you know, not wanting to, to spoil anything, you know, he, he says that him and Cameron will graduate and then... After the summer, they'll have the summer together, then they'll go their separate ways to college. And, of course, that that's normal, right? And that happens to, to most yeah. of us. And you can stay friends, of course, with people. And, uh, you know, but but kind of by definition, it's never really the same again. It, it yeah, Friendship changes. Yeah. And you don't see this person every day. Maybe you've seen this person every day. Maybe, you know, I can imagine Fer- uh, Ferris and Cameron have just seen each other every day for years since they were kids. Yeah. And, you know, evenings, weekends, and even, he, I think he says himself, you know, we'll, we'll see each other evenings and weekends, we'll work during the summer, but we'll see each other. And then all of a sudden, that's not there anymore. And, of course, you find other ways to go about yourself, and you find new relationships and other relationships uh, that, that, that change as well. And you just, you find a, a new way to kind of, to live your life and your, within your social circle. But for me, there's something a little sad about that. And, and yeah. I get that feeling from this movie that it's when I look back and, and I enjoyed my time at school and I enjoyed the relationships that I had and the friendships that I had and some of those people I still am friends with. Some I'm not. Um, but none of them are there every day. And uh, there's something a little sad about that. It is. Do you... I almost wonder, like... Would Ferris is Ferris going to be as successful in his shenanigans without Cameron, without like his wingman? Well, yeah, like he he has to rely on Cameron and Sloane to help him pull off a lot of the phone pranks. Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't be able to go anywhere if Cameron didn't bring the car. Um, I think I think Ferris is maybe successful because he has a partner. like a support system. Yeah, like a yeah. Yeah, and that that'll be something that he's um, that he's manifested consciously, um, and that's just organically happened, right? And yeah, he goes about his life now in in this age that he's in, among that, and and he uses that to his advantage when he needs to. I think he could probably pull some stuff off by himself for sure, but you know, given a, a big opportunity like this, and I think he kind of you know this is the last one for him, isn't it? Yeah. Before he leaves high school, and so he wants to do it, you know, on a big scale and. Therefore, he does rope his friends in. Um, and the, like we said earlier, you know, this this will be planned, or in my mind at least, this is planned way in advance. And, you know, you guys said mm-hmm. in a previous minute that uh, the Sloan knows all about this because as soon as the nurse comes in the room, she's putting the jacket on. Yep. So this is all very orchestrated, all very... De- with military detail and, yes. uh, and execution. And, it's very uh, efficient. Um, I'm yeah. really excited to talk about like when we start seeing a lot of the traps that he set and, and, and a lot of the plan in motion. I'm really excited to talk about like how how far in advance do you think he had to prepare this particular gag or this thing? Mm. I, I'm actually really excited to talk about like when we get in a couple weeks to um, Ferris and Cameron calling Rooney because Oh, it's brilliant. Because it is, yeah, it is and, and there's it's layers on layers. Like he has Cameron be the one to call Rooney because he knows that Rooney's not going to believe the story of the, mm-hmm. the sick grandmother. 
so that or the dead grandmother so that he can call in at just the right moment so that so that Rooney believes that oh no I'm not talking to Ferris I actually am talking to Mr. Peterson and I need to backtrack a little bit but mm-hmm. he also knows Cameron enough that he that he's aware that Cameron's going to take it a step too far so that he can rope Cameron back in and be like well now that you've said that we're going to be that you want Rooney there when we pick up Sloan now we need to go get the car mm-hmm. so there's like a lot of things in play here and it it sort of happens not it sort of happens exactly the way that Ferris expects it to he I sort of so. has this uh, kind of precognition, and we talked briefly about it last week. We uh, we see when he's on the phone with uh, with Cameron, and Cameron says, like, they hang up, and Cameron says, I'm dying, and he calls him and says, you're not dying, you just can't think of anything good to do. Like, he can't mm-hmm. hear Cameron say that. It's the same thing earlier, uh, the end of the week last week, the beginning of this week. Rooney's on the phone with Katie Bueller and is mm. saying, like, he's been absent nine times, and it just happens to be that right at that moment, Ferris changes the number of absences he has. Mm-hmm. It's like he's aware, or, or or it's just, it's all happening according to this, like, master plan that he has. Like, he just knew like, what time he was going to call his mother and when their conversation was going to get to that point. Like, it doesn't make sense, but but it works for him. And so we sort of take it that he has this almost supernatural uh, perception. I don't know. It's almost like Dumbledore. It's it kind of is where he's he just got ears everywhere and he's just omni, <laughs> om, uh, omniscient and omnipresent. He's got his, yeah, he's got his master plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Of course, we would be following another movie where you have a character that's just been meticulously using everyone like a like chess pieces the whole time. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Oh, I've had a lot of fun this week and it's been great to look at this movie and one of my favorite movies and I've, I must have watched this a hundred times. It's uh, it's an enormously quotable movie. Yeah, uh, I quote it. I quote it frequently, and uh, I'm just really happy to be on the show. So thanks very much for having me all this week. Thank you. You were. It was a delight to have you with us. Uh, would you like to plug all your? Let everyone know where to where they can find you one last time before we wrap it. Sure. Uh, I would just uh, encourage the listeners if if you kind of if you like the movie Gremlins, then uh, you can come over and find my co- my co-host George and I at the Mogwai Minute. Um, wherever you find podcasts and wherever you find social media. We're not on Snapchat. I don't think we're on Snapchat. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, we're good to go. But uh, yeah, get in touch with us. Uh, and, and, you know, like, like you guys, we have a Facebook group as well. And it's just called the Mogwai Minute. We didn't really think of anything more fun than that. So come and join us. And we have, uh, we have some good fun It could have been Dory's Tavern. It should have been maybe Dory's. Nope, Tyler, too late. Like I'm sorry. I, I, we're like almost he, finished. He said that begrudgingly, kind of like, or just like it's too late. I know I should. Where were you this now? Six like, months thanks. ago. <laughs> it's like thanks for giving me this idea when it is too late. Too yeah, late. I got like a month to go. Yeah, guys, go go check out the Mogwai Minute. Mm. They're uh, they're righteous dudes. And, uh, <laughs> join us next week as we talk about minute sixteen. Uh, I believe next week we're gonna have. Um, the boss man himself, Scott Corelli, on to talk about uh, boss man. a little bit more of Cameron and Fry, uh, Cameron Fry and uh, and uh, and Ferris's sort of relationship. So that's going to be a good time. So join us next week, and uh, you know, find us on Facebook, Twitter, all those things, all those things, all the things, all the mm-hmm. things. Save Ferris. <laughs> Mogwai minute. Mischief managed. <laughs> All the dorks. That's <laughs> 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 us. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh.